Welcome to Ask Me About K-Pop, the essential guide for recent converts and seasoned fans alike. My name is Shannon. And I'm Angelica. And it's time to return back to our roots into a good old-fashioned educational K-pop episode. Ah, truly feels like it's been a while since we've done this. Like between our end of the year award extravaganza, which we always do, and our like anniversary special, and then our fucking quarterly reports. Like it has been so long since we've done some honest to God research for mm-hmm. this. Like, yes, the quarterly reports required research, and like, yes, we sweated and cried over our choices for the awards but like the quarterly report research wasn't fun okay (laughs) it was just tedious it was just tedious it was just tedious and stressful and it wasn't like interesting i didn't learn anything exactly exactly but that is interesting in that i feel like today's episode i didn't learn as much as i thought i would and that a lot of this was covered. I thought that we were going to be uncovering some deep gems, but it turns out there actually weren't that many to, like missing from our knowledge. So as teased in those quarterly episodes, today we are talking about the history and the growth of English music or English mm-hmm. lyric songs performed by K-pop artists. Yes. And this usually comes in like two different forms, which we're going to get into like the definition and the distinction. And we'll try to properly note them. Yeah, Yeah. properly note like which is which throughout the episode. But basically, we wanted to do this episode because we noticed a significant amount of original English songs released in 2020. So when we were doing the quarterly reports, we decided to separate those and make it a different a different episode to yeah, see if there was this like significant history of the like English language in K-pop because we've all obviously talked about how like a lot of the chorus choruses will often have like an English hook so that it's easy to Google for international audiences. That is like a factor of the K-pop formula. Um, but then having a song that is fully in English, we've actually, yeah, we've talked about this in a couple of different episodes. It's come up before in some of our deep dives um, and it's come up before, of course, in the K-pop in, uh, in America episode that we did as well. So a lot of this information wasn't like revolutionary. Right. This is, a, but it is a refresher and it will all be in the one. Yeah. <laughs> but it'll be, if you've listened to all of those episodes, then this is just a refresher about mm-hmm. the history of all of that. Um, so yeah. With let's, some new little, a some, few new sprinkles. nuggets. A few sprinkles for sure. Um, so yes, to jump into like a timeline, as Angelica mm-hmm. said, we've noted before, English has kind of always been a part of K-pop in one way or another. Um, I think we said in the first gen episode that HOT was like particularly like the bane of English teachers existence because Mm -hmm. they wrote nonsense raps that were in English, but they were not, they were not (laughs) just like TVXQ, like own each other up all night. It's nothing nonsense grammatically. But I'd noticed when doing, because I was trying, so I went, I went deep. I like looked Mm -hmm. into discographies of like every first gen group I could think think of to try and like find any English gems hidden in discographies and I noticed while doing that 
that having titles, the title of the song be in English did not Mm -hmm. start happening until post Boa. Like, yeah, all song titles and album titles were like fully in Korean. Like that was Mm -hmm. just a thing. And then it became like trendier to like name things with English. And now that's the standard. Yeah, now that is the standard. We've never really mentioned that specifically. Um, I guess like it's never really like come up in any of the episodes, but I'm sure you guys have noticed like just in your K-popping that almost all like it's almost rare now to find a title that is or only very, written in Hangul. Very noticeable like TXT, all mm-hmm. of their song titles are like long Hangul sentences, like yeah, yeah, yeah. long ones. Um, and and we notice that like oh look all of yeah. their titles are like long and because a lot of times like even when a song is completely in Korean like if it's a B side or something like an EXO B side or shiny whatever but the song is completely in Korean it doesn't even have that English line of a hook in the chorus and still the title is in English right um, so yeah it is a standard just a thing that we've noticed so and like mm-hmm. I said I looked really hard and I. Well, I'm afraid of making definitive statements on this show because I could always be wrong. But I feel like <laughs> it is we can definitively say that Boa started this. I could not find any evidence fair. of anybody pre-Boa making an English track. I couldn't find it. Yeah. But her first uh, album, Don't Start, or her first special album, which was like the second mini called Don't Start Now had an English version of Don't Start Now, ID Peace B, and a song called Sara on it. Um, and that was released in 2001. Um, but an interesting thing about this album is it also had Chinese versions of those songs, which mm-hmm. is something I noticed as a first and second gen trend if groups made an English version of a song, it also had a Chinese version, like almost 100% of the time. Yeah. It was like you did both of those markets if you were going to re-record the song. Yeah, you weren't making an English version just specifically for, let's say, like the Western market. You right. were just putting out multiple versions of your song. And this brings us to that distinction that, we, that I mentioned earlier, but I didn't really dive into. So we're going to kind of look at the difference between... We're going to look at both English versions of songs, meaning just the Korean song has been re-recorded with fully English lyrics. And then we're also going to look at an actual English release, which would be a song that is originally in English or a song that is specifically released in like a Western industry or the like Western audience. For sure. Um, And yeah, that was, but the West, the Western um, trying to get the attention of the West was still definitely not, a priority this early mm-hmm. in K-pop. So For another sure. thing I noticed is that all of the Boa English songs almost exclusively exist on Japanese albums. Yeah. Um, that was not a thing that the Korean market was doing, but like it made sense in Japan and Boa mm-hmm. was huge in Japan. So just an interesting thing to note that I noticed. Um, the next in- instance of English I could find is Shinwa's song Perfect Man, which we've watched on the show. That's their very Backstreet Boys song. Mm-hmm. Yes. They released an English. 
English version of that as a special track on one of their concert albums in 2003. Um, and then the next thing wasn't for a few more years, which is in 2007. We haven't talked about this guy in a while, but Pop yeah, I think Star we mentioned seven. him like the only time we've talked about him is when we did our solo artists episode. and in the military episode because he got in big oh, trouble right, in the military. He got in trouble. <laughs> I remember that. I remember that. Yes. Oh, but seven. I'm in trouble. Yeah, in the in the in the early second gen, Rain and Seven were like kind of competing for like yes. hot solo boy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and but Seven was under YG, and YG like JYP the next year had a huge plan to like debut Seven in America, and it started with an MTV documentary, and then like two like it took another year, and then YG spoiled that he was gonna do a song with Fabulous. Does anyone remember Fabulous? Um, but that got leaked on MySpace, so they had to like crumble that whole plan. Wow. Um, then they had a pre-release album party in 2008 where they played three songs off of this album that as far as I can tell, does not exist. Like this album was never released. It's possible that it's out there somewhere because the other weird thing about this like early 2000s time is that like digital music was still really new Mm -hmm. and a lot of these like albums and stuff that these groups put out were never physical albums. They were like digital singles released to music platforms that don't exist anymore. Mm. So like maybe I just never found it. But as far as I could tell, the seven English album never came out, but he did debut a song called Girls featuring Lil Kim. And they played it at least once on BET. <laughs> wow. And uh, it does not seem to have had any other impact otherwise. Um, so like I've totally fell under my radar, but that's an interesting thing that we'll see for the next couple featuring a prominent Western artist in the song as well. It's another layer I feel like, and maybe even a separate thing. Yeah. And that feels like a ploy to try. And we're going to see it in like a couple other, I think attempts, right? Cause these, Mm -hmm. Those, like, original big three, which, yes, I know, they're not the big three anymore, mm-hmm. but, like, <laughs> the original big three, like, SM, JYP, YG, they had these grand plans um, in a lot of different ways, but, like, yeah, a few of them had grand plans for these U.S. debuts, and I think that the featuring a Western artist is that kind of, like, extra tactic of like well maybe people will pay attention if Lil Kim is on this or something and I think Um, we could even say it's still it's a tactic that is still used to this day we'll talk about French Montana later like it's still yeah 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 (laughs) or even like and what what's interesting I would say now I guess we could talk about it later in the timeline but um because it's on my mind I'm Bringing it up now, I already started Go the ahead. sentence. <laughs> but, like, for example, uh, the ice cream, Blackpink and right. Selena Gomez, right? Like, that came out uh, 2020, I believe. And that's a song where, like, unlike this Seven song with Lil' Kim, that Seven song with Lil' Kim is fully in English. Mm-hmm. But ice cream only selena gomez's part is in english and blackpink still sings in korean which i think is really interesting because like now you're getting a market where the korean artists are not 
arguably not having to conform sure. to the Western uh, market of singing in English and they can continue to speak or to sing in Korean and like it's still popular and still successful. Yeah. Very fascinating. How so. far we've come. I know it's <laughs> wild. Um, so the next like tried to do English thing, we talked about this and I was surprised that there was less of it than I thought, which is mm-hmm. rain. Yeah. So like in 2006 on a, on a Japanese album, Rain released an English version of Sad Tango. And then that that was his first English thing as far as I could find in mm-hmm. 2006. And then in 2007 is when we talk about this in the K-pop in America episode, Rain has like a little media blitz. He gets real popular for a split second. But yeah. he never released like an English song he performed at Madison Square Garden and went on TV but he was just like singing his Korean songs yeah he never put out any like specifically original English music yes um but he did do lots of like English versions and I just wanted to Mm -hmm. note if you've never heard the English version of Rainism it's disgusting that's the (laughs) one where he has the magic stick verse and it is so vulgar it's so vulgar Wait, I need to look this up right now. Rainism. English lyrics. I don't think I ever have heard this English version. I'm just going to look. I'm just going to look it up. Yeah, I feel like it's like the second verse is like the magic stick part. Oh, my. (laughs) See, I'm about to change positions. Come and take my magic stick. Going to take you for a ride. Guaranteed to make your body shake. My the mind. breathing and you have to remember the I know with all the, the breathing. breathing yeah yeah yeah. it doesn't sound I mean I didn't like seduce you with my voice or my breathing but trust that rain will try yeah. <laughs> so that was like rain's little moment and like he did he really didn't do much English other than a few versions here and there even though he was like arguably one of the people to make any kind of splash in American media or whatever yeah um, but then in 2009, back to our girl Boa. Again, we've covered all of this in the two-part Boa deep dive, so I'll go quick. But in 2009, she released a full 12-track album entirely in English with an English record label or an American record label, like not even like new versions of Korean songs. It was like mm-hmm. all new. This is a yeah. debut. American Boa. Um, the main single was Eat You Up. Um, it sold about 8,000 copies in the U.S., but, like, it went to number one in Japan, as we noted in that episode, because yeah. her fans are loyal. Um, but the music video, like, was in rotation, and it was on dance charts, and, like, we both remember it somehow. Yeah. I feel like it had to have played on, like, a VH1 or, Radio like, Disney MTV, shit, I don't like, know. something. Yeah, like, I, ha- I absorbed that somewhere in my brain. Because I remember when we watched the I Am documentary when we were really baby K-pop fans and they showed Boa and we both went, I know this song. Yes, I remember that too. And we will never know why. Maybe they played it on like PBS. I don't know, like some like after school special. I really don't know. I'm not sure. Anyway, no, wait. 2009, we would have been like 19, 20. We would have been adults. We knew each other (laughs) I don't know. I don't know. So I don't know. Yeah, but, anyway. but I, I'm glad you noted that that went to number one in Japan because, like you were saying earlier, with Boa's um, first album where she did the English versions on the Japanese album. When I was looking, I did like the more recent stuff. I took, I tried to look at like a post 2010, but mm-hmm. I did find that in January of 2008, Big Bang released a Japanese album called 
for the world and it only has eight tracks well only it has it's a full album it has eight tracks but all of them are fully in English written and composed by G-Dragon um, so that is like that definitely counts as an English release even though it was a Japanese album mm. um, it was fully original and and like a whole album in English and th- I think that that's the only version of those songs like they didn't do you know Japanese and Korean versions on that album yeah so yeah I guess well we'll I was gonna count them all later but so then I guess that makes the Big Bang like Big Bang the first K-pop artist to do a full English English album and Boa is second because if that was 2008 yeah there haven't been many is there's that's the point is there haven't been yeah there many, have not been I was very just many trying to like put it yeah, in yeah, the yeah. right order um so another thing that happened in 2009 which like I'm still I think okay we've talked about this a lot too in two different episodes but in 2009 the Wonder Girls debuted in America with an English song with an English version of their song Nobody that mm-hmm. they had just released in Korea it was a pretty back-to-back thing but yeah the Korean version did exist first Um, but yeah, they did, they toured with the Jonas Brothers and they made a Nickelodeon movie. And mm-hmm. I think that was a good angle. And if JYP hadn't just insisted that he be front and center for so part much of it, it, I think it would have worked better. Cause like the music video is seven minutes long and four of them are JYP doing a skit by himself. And it's like, if you yeah. wanted this shit, like, I think like he had a niche he had the kids, but they would have played that song between the shows on Teen Nick if it was just the girls clapping and sparkly dresses. If it was dresses. just the song. Yeah. Well, I honestly think that that's JYP's downfall in all things, that he's constantly inserting himself into right. it. And I bet if we ask Scott 7 that's what their answer would be, too. <laughs> I think he just needs to take a big step back from everything. <laughs> For sure. I fully agree with that. Um, so in 2010, this was something that was new to me and truly mind-blowing in a lot of ways. Needs to be seen to be believed. (laughs) So in 2010, JYJ, these were the members of TVXQ who broke off from TVXQ, Mm -hmm. released... Since excommunicated from the SM history wall, eliminated, (laughs) rewritten. Um, they came out with a eight-track fully English album called The Beginning, um, and the lead single was called A Girl and featured Kanye West and Malik Youssef. And the outfits in this music video, I need you guys to see them. One of the guys is wearing like a woman's backless halter. And he has, I like, swear his to God, guns out, but it was the girliest top I've ever seen in my life. I didn't know what to do with it. I thought it was an apron at first <laughs> because of the way that it is like cut, like so. It's cut like so low yes. on his chest that it really does look like it's going to be an apron, and then it only has like half of a back. So like some of it is, it almost looks like two aprons like tied together. <laughs> it's bananas. And then one of the guys like just opts to go fully shirtless at a certain point there's a lot of like really blousey tops and half of this music video is just jyj like running and falling toward the camera in slow motion i don't know why 
Um, but yeah, yeah those- Kanye West sounds terrible on it. Yeah, it's weird. The song starts out sounding kind of like flashing lights or something, but then it's yeah. like very low energy. I felt like it was overall like low energy and I just like didn't like it. And I was like, I guess this is why nobody saw this. But it did yeah. go number. It, it sold well in Asia, but I would have never known that this happened. But also, fun fact, uh, SM's filed an injunction to keep this album from coming out because they were still fighting in the courts it was thrown out but they tried to stop this wow. album from coming out so petty and bitter SM. Mm-hmm. so petty and bitter all right i've got a couple things um that i can throw in to the timeline after sure. this 2010 release um so in february of 2011 to Anyone put out an English version of Can't Nobody, which was a song off of their To Anyone album, but the English version was a Japanese iTunes exclusive. So again, like only released in Japan or at least released specifically for the Japanese market. Mm-hmm. Um, in May of, twi- of 2011, Miss A put out a song called Love Alone. This is the group's first English song and it is an original English song. It's not an original. An English version. It was just a B-side off of the A-class album, but it was actually written specifically for South Korea figure skating champion Kim Yuna's show. Um, And so she used it in her skating program. I guess it was an exposition, which was just called Ice Show, um, (laughs) but it was also on the album. Okay. Then, let's see, we've got 2012. So in January of 2012, I think we talked about this too. Um, Oh, we surely did because the remixes. Yes, 100%. (laughs) We definitely talked about this in the um, SNSD deep dive, but Girls' Generation put out an English version of The Boys. Um, They released the album in the U.S. um, and did – so, like, the the Boys' album was was a U.S. release, and it had an English version of the title track only. All the rest of the songs were in Korean. I accidentally bought the English version of that, like – the week, like the week I became a K-pop fan because Girls' Generation was my yeah. entrance. I love the boys and I bought the first one that popped up on iTunes and it was that English version and I was like, mistake! And then it took me a while <laughs> to like find the actual Korean one. But I yeah. still have that English one. Yeah. Still got it. So then that same year in September of 2012, uh, Kiss put out an album called Stop Girl and the title track also called Stop Girl, um, has an English version on this album. This was a regular Korean release. They just happened to include an English version in their album. Um, that was 2012. So then the next thing I have isn't for a couple of years. It's not until 2016. Um, I have that Tiffany put out on her EP, I Just Want to Dance. This was her solo debut. Um, and she does have uh, a song called or excuse me, she has an English version of I Just Want to Dance on this EP. Ah. Um, Then after that, from like 2017 to 2019, the English versions of songs grow exponentially. Like they just, you can look up, a a lot of different groups have English versions of their songs. Just to name a few, 
NCT has English versions of Regular and Love Talk. Card put out an English version of Don't Recall. G-Idol put out an English version of OMG. BTS put out an English version of Mic Drop. Ace put out an English version of Cactus. Red Velvet has an English version of Bad Boy and Really Bad Boy. Got Seven released Lullaby in four different languages. Monsta X released Play It Cool in English. Both Play It Cool and Mic Drop were released as Steve Aoki remixes, just to know. Twice put out an English version of More and More, and the list goes on. So these are just like a handful smattering just to show you that there's like a wide variety. And those all came out within the last like three years. So it's really grown a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, but with original English releases, that also grew exponentially in the same time period. And my list does not include any KRMB artists, um, just to like pare <laughs> it down. But there are quite a few. Like I saw that like Say and Dean, um, and I think there was like a couple Epic Highs and like Taeyang. Like they all have like English uh, collaborations and stuff. But I didn't mm-hmm. include them in this list because we're just focusing on K-pop. So let's see. In 2016, um, Amber put out the song Borders, which is an SM Station song. It's fully in English. Uh, Then we had CL off of her Lifted album. The title track Lifted is in English as well, and it has a music video that was filmed in Brooklyn. Um, Let's see. That was 2016. So then 2017, we've got a couple. We have Peniel from B2B. Peniel? Yeah, I I think it's Peniel. Whatever. Peniel, Peniel from B2B. He put out a single called That Girl. Um, Henry from formerly of Super Junior. He put out a single called That One. 10 put out an SM station song called Dream in a Dream. I'm saying I don't wanna come down from your We'll get lost together. Um, and all of these, I think it's not surprising, like you can see the trend that the artists who are putting out the English the original English releases are artists who are fluent in English. I don't For think sure. that's too surprising. Um, but then we also have uh, Imagine Key uh, off of his album Face that came out in 2018 um, and that was a fully English song and it is original as well. He's not, uh, he is fluent in English but it's not one of his native languages. And then Eric Nam in 2019, he put out his first full English album which was called Before We Begin. Um, And that to, to, Date is his only full English album so far. Um, but yeah, I thought that was an interesting trend that we would see, which I, I mean, I think it makes sense, but like yeah. an interesting trend that almost, with the exception of Key, the only person on that list, uh, or actually CL, I think is not a native English speaker, but she's, I know she's fluent, but I don't think she's native. Um, another 2017 that I have, and I don't, I know that we have Orbits who will correct me about this, but one of the Luna subunits before they debuted Odd Eye Circle put out an English song called Lunatic, and that was an original English song. I don't know if any of those members are English speakers, but I thought that was interesting. Yeah. Um, And then just one other thing I had written in that time period for 2018 for history's sake, as far as I could tell, the first time that BTS ever did a full song in English was on Steve Aoki's album, and the song is called Wasted On Me. Um, So it wasn't even on a BTS album. It was on somebody else's album. 
That is interesting that it wasn't on their own album. That is not the first. They did an English version of Mic Drop with Steve Aoki in 2017. Oh, okay. But this one is an original song. Okay, so this yeah, is yeah, a yeah. maybe their first English release. I don't know if that's true for sure. But it certainly predates the other English releases that I for have sure. on here. Because I originally had Boy With Love on my list too, but that, again, like Ice Cream, is an example where the artists didn't have to sing in Korean for that to for that collaboration to be successful. Um, right. Only Halsey sings in English, I think. Actually, no, I don't know if that's true. But I, I looked up the lyrics and I know they're both in Korean <laughs> and English. I don't know who sings what. Um, okay, so that brings us to 2020, and basically we're, we this was the whole we reason we did this freaking episode. We just wanted to talk about mostly Monster X, but yes. also Jackson <laughs> Wang. So let's start out February 14th, 2020. These are all the songs that didn't make it into the quarterly report. <laughs> February 14th, Monster X puts out All About Love, a full English album under Epic Records. Simmer down. I know, I know what you've been all about. What can we do with all your friends around? <laughs> and they released five different singles off of this album starting in September of 2019. Um, this album includes two features. It has Who Do You Love uh, with French Montana, and it also has, what is it, By Your Side? Beside um, You. Beside but You, I was close. <laughs> uh, beside You featuring Pitbull. There's also the Will I Am remix of the French Montana song, if that counts as a third. Oh yeah, but Western that's not on artist. the original album. Oh, it's not. No. It was At least it's not on the one I bought. <laughs> I don't have that. Al- I don't have that song. I have this album on vinyl. It's so precious to me. You sure do. Yeah, one of our um, like first Patreon episodes, we did a little like merch show and tell, and you brought out your your vinyl. My my. Yeah, my all about mm-hmm. love vinyl. Yeah, um, it yeah, has the I, like horrifically photoshopped photo yes, of them by the by the erased car. one really hard. <laughs> um, yeah, that's a weird. This is all about love is very interesting as a mon bebe for many reasons. Like, mm-hmm. a, I mean, it's great. It's so good because it's very. It's a lot different than most Monster X um, Korean releases. It's like one hundred percent that one. Like, when we were first getting into Monster X, I was like, send me all the songs that aren't the loud ones where people are yeah. growling. And it's like, All About Love is just those kinds of songs. But except mm-hmm. that they're very Western and they don't have bridges and they're like two minutes long, which is the only complaint I have about yeah, it. Yeah, it is weird that they're, they're <laughs> all like two and a half minutes. Not one of them has a bridge. It's very odd. And yeah, it's just like a completely different aesthetic for Monster X because it is um, sort of like a like 80s synth synth but like laid back music. Yes. I don't know. There's like a real melancholy vibe to All About Love. Um, and there are definitely still Wanho voice in some of the songs, yes. which is weird too. 100 percent um but yeah it's just so good and it's so horny and cheeky and fun there's like a Mm -hmm. song about like if you want to cheat on your boyfriend you've got my number and like 
we love yeah that which so i much. like i think we laughed about maybe we laughed about this on the pod i don't know i don't remember if we ever like really talked about like the troubles of monster x and like the the whole shonu affair debacle of like we shonu did actually be, we did talk about it right we talked shonu, about it like, when it was really fresh and cool we boy. said that we wanted to laugh about it but it was too that's fresh. right we wanted to laugh we wanted to laugh well i can laugh about it now now um, <laughs> No, it's but really literally funny. every time I listen to uh, that song, You Got My Number, I every time I listen to it, I'm just like, the fucking audacity. <laughs> like, the audacity of Shonu. Like, literally weeks after news breaks that he absolutely confirmed was sleeping with a married woman who he claims didn't he didn't know he, she was married he didn't know. but like who gives a shit dude like i i don't care if you're sleeping with married ladies I, if i was married i would sleep i would with do you it too. I, it's yes. fine i empathize with all of those ladies I anyway Literally, like, weeks later, he puts out a song that is about being the mistress. And I just, I've shown you. <laughs> it's too perfect and it's too good. And, yeah, I love it. It's just, because I don't, I don't know. I listen to, I listen to no music in English. Like, I listen to almost no music that is in English. Yeah. So it was just very exciting to have, like, new music that I fully 100% understand and can sing along with every word. And I love. And it's, like I said, it's, like, horny and cheeky and flirty. And, like, when they sing about, like, she's the one, but I can't tell her. I'm like, oh, my God, they can't tell me. It, like, makes me a little. It just, like, turns me into a little child. She makes my knees feel weak. She makes my drink feel stronger. Monster. Yeah, yeah, I and they did it. like some U.S. promotions, and they're just really great. If you didn't follow that comeback, look it up. It's all good stuff. Yeah, they got to go on Kelly Clarkson, the new like home of great K-pop performances. Thanks, yeah. Kelly Clarkson. <laughs> of course, we can always trust Kelly Clarkson. <laughs> Um, okay, then next up, I have March 20th. Jackson Wang put All out right. a single called 100 Ways. It's true. Could you love me the same? Tell me what makes you stay. And we've definitely, this one we talked about on the podcast a lot because it was like the first, it was the new thing the first week that we had to go into Quar. And it was yeah. like, so it's really imprinted with that yeah, time. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> when this came out, I watched this music video like every day, at least once mm-hmm. a day for weeks. Like I absolutely. And I also really laughed when I like started to watch The Untamed uh, and people were like asking me like, oh, what is it about? And I was like, I don't know. The only context for this genre I have is Jackson Wang on 100 Ways. <laughs> <laughs> That's the, the only ancient video. Chinese anything yeah. you've ever This is the only thing I've ever watched that is even remotely in the same world. Um, but so the 100 Ways tells the story of uh, like a star-crossed lovers, right, of ancient China. So basically like Jackson and his like five bros, his like five medieval bros, like raise him up from the dead. He's buried in like an unnamed plot in the middle of a forest and they take him to the love of his love's grave they 
I guess, sacrificed their souls in order to resurrect her. That's kind of unclear, but they that's resurrect her and then the dudes disappear. That they love their bro so much that they You're right, because they're like sworn life. to him, right? So yeah. they like give up. They, I don't know. Whatever. He, they, <laughs> he you, enlists their help to raise her uh, and they do a beautiful partner dance and then they, they together rest forever in her grave. And the way that he looked, like the look on his face when he oh like God, hugs her yes. close. Oh my God! The He's acting. a good actor. He's a good actor. <laughs> Jackson Wang. Jackson Wang. Uh, this is the first song by a Chinese or K-pop soloist that ever reached media bases U.S. top forty. So wow. that sets a record. Good for you, Jackson Wang. Um, the next English release I have for 2020 was in August. We get two. August 14th, uh, Jesse put out the single Numb. This was was released uh, on the Nuna EP, and then she uh, released it as a single separately as a follow-up after mm. Nuna. It does have a music video, and the, um, the lyrics are all in English. I've never heard this song, so I don't know what it is. I, mean, I know I listened to it. I think I listened to it once when we were doing the quarterly reports. It is a ballad. I was going to um, say the music video looked like a ballad. And Jessie is a very good singer. So if you like find mm. her rapping cringy, I'd say check this one out because she is a talented singer. <laughs> Wow. Okay, cool. I didn't really know that. So that's interesting. I'll check it out. I'll check that out. Just a few days later on August 20th, BTS put out the song Dynamite. I just, I feel like this is the song that like maybe is the reason that this episode needed to be done in a full historical perspective because this song like has smashed every record that's ever existed and like, yes, it's the English song now. Yeah, 100%. This song um, was huge. It is a uh, it is BTS's first full English song. Um, it was released originally as a single and then it was later included in the B album. Um, and it set a lot of crazy records. Um, I didn't write all of them down because to be honest, they were long, but <laughs> there, were so uh, many. there were a lot. And a lot of them had to do with like numbers of like staying on the chart for st- multiple weeks, etc. I didn't want to write all of it down. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, but I did write down what I thought were two of the most notable records, which was uh, that with this song, BTS became the first South Korean group to top the Billboard Hot 100. This song did go to number one and it stayed there for several weeks. Not the world chart, the plain old. Yeah, not the world Mm -hmm. chart, the regular Hot 100 U.S. like top 40 chart. Um, And it also got them a Grammy nomination for best pop duo slash group performance, which makes them the first South Korean artist to ever be nominated for a Grammy, um, which is a really big deal. Yeah, I the song is everywhere. Um, I listen when it first came out, I was listening to it every day. It's just a jam. it's just a pleasant fucking jam. Um, when I was staying mm-hmm. with my parents, it's in like at least at Christmas time, it was in multiple commercials for like mm-hmm. Walmart or Amazon or whatever. Like yeah, it is in a few commercials everywhere. Um, I loved their disco suits. Ugh, 
love yeah and like the dance is fun suits. and it's really groovy and one of them has like a nice low voice in it I still don't love I like don't I honestly only ever listen to it the one time because I don't vibe with the auto-tune um but it is a groovy song and it's a fun dance it is a fun dance and yeah it's interesting I feel like I've noticed and this is just noticing and I know there are millions and millions of army out there but I don't know I feel like there's a divide about dynamite and people feeling like I don't know if they're like upset that it's so popular or they feel like it's not the right caliber of BTS that they want to be the song that is popular it or like, is I don't know. There's very like- different for the BTS aesthetic. I mm-hmm. would like, as someone who only like on the periphery absorbs BTS, like it's kind of shocking how well I don't see them you know what I mean for like how popular they are it's like pretty astounding how like little they factor into my k-pop bubble but for me like what I understand of of BTS and their image of like being these like artists right these like under like underdog artists right this does not necessarily fit that aesthetic and I wonder if there are some army who almost feel this like this is like a sellout like, right. I don't know. I never looked into any of the discourse about this, but like if because it is so different. And I wonder if they thought maybe this was like sort of pop pandering. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Yeah, it's very interesting because I also think there are a lot of like. I'm not saying it is for the record. Yeah, no, no, no. We're I'm just, just saying disgusting. I wonder if anyone feels this way. Yes. Same. Same <laughs> just caveat. Clarify. Just wondering. I feel like there is also still a lot of like resentment hanging around about Mm. how previous bts tracks didn't get attention or radio play or the western validation quote unquote that people are looking for and so like i feel like there's a there's a percentage of people that like don't like that they had to sing in english and make a bubblegum pop song to get number one because they the bts they love is a different thing and i it's interesting. It's interesting. That's all I'll say. <laughs> yeah, it is interesting. I would argue, not that I want to dive into this argument, but I would argue that if you come to me and try to argue with me about this, I will ignore you. Don't come to me. <laughs> However, I just want to say that like the previous, as far as like, oh, what about their previous tracks? Dynamite was specifically an English release and a, mm-hmm. a release to the U.S. market. Like it was specifically marketed to like the U.S., side or whatever and like that is why it is in English so to say like oh well why didn't like these other BTS songs which are you know so much better and like more illustrative of their artistry blah 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 whatever your arguments may be if that's specific like you know you have to take into account the fact that like a Korean release like what it would take for a release even in a different country right like a a British release or a a Spanish release or a Mexican release like that song you know how fucking popular Despacito had to be in order for it to get on the top and that wasn't on the top until Justin Bieber got on it right Right, like the original Daddy Yankee didn't make it to the top of the charts like come on yeah yeah yeah. I think that's yeah (laughs) but I'm not here to argue about BTS (laughs) No, I just think that's also just part of the, like, bigger conversation about, like, how much do we as international K-pop fans, like, care about, quote-unquote, Western validation? Because, like, we saw with previous attempts to make it in America, Mm K-pop groups or people like Rain or Boa or the Wonder Girls, like, doing their thing the way that they're loved for doing their thing in Korea and not really getting attention. And, like, seeing now that, like, 
maybe the only way to get the attention of the general, like generally ignorant, generally racist American public is that you have to pander to them with English. And so do you want that? Or do you like, I don't know. It's a quest. It's yeah. like, this is, these are the questions we need to be asking ourselves. It's mm-hmm. like, if you think it's a sellout to like sing in English, then like maybe we need to stop caring about American yeah. radio giving a shit about K-pop. These are questions. I'm yeah, just and it's also interesting. Yeah, you kind of have to decide like what and then what qualifies as that American validation for you, right? Mm-hmm. Like if you need it, right? If you need that Western validation, whatever. Because then I would bring up again something like Eat Boy with Love or uh, the the album, the Black Pink album, right? Because mm-hmm. that had not only Ice Cream with Selena Gomez, but also the feature with Cardi B. Mm-hmm. Um, and and was there one more? I feel like there's another one I'm forgetting, but maybe not. Um, but both of those features, like featuring an, uh, a Western artist where Blackpink continued to sing in Korean and and BTS continued to sing in Korean on Boy With Love. So it's like that song was still really popular, right? Boy With Love was really popular. They performed it on several like American music shows and like the album like was SNL, huge. for God's sake. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Blackpink has been going on all kinds of uh, U.S. variety shows uh, right now, or like late night shows and stuff performing. Side note, I saw this like insane performance where Lisa, somebody like skinned a Muppet and made Lisa wear it. And it was horrible. It was literally (laughs) like green and like so poofy. It was in her face. She was like batting it away like as we were, as she was dancing. Anyway, anyway. That album, right, like that wasn't, the Blackpink album wasn't specifically marketed toward the Western market and it didn't have any songs where the girls sang in English, but it incorporated more English into it and like it was very successful. So it is interesting to see like how artists choose to to enter the U.S. market and how it is received. Um, But it's fun to see that like, I think the U.S. market is opening up more to the bilingual songs, which hopefully that trend continues. Yeah, like it was really nice to, over Christmas break, I got to tape several different, like, uh, late night shows and Kelly Clarkson's to watch 17 with my family. And they were, they were just doing their 17 songs. And yeah, like, Seventeen never nice sings see. in English. The irony, having two members that speak fluent English, they literally never speak in English. And the number of Seventeen songs that don't even have the English line for the hook, I'm like, what the? <laughs> Why? Why? Whatever. Um, anyway, let's go back to our timeline. Yes, sure. Okay. September 4th, Jackson Wang. Pretty please. <laughs> More Jackson. baby, I fucking love this song so much! This is a collaboration with a Swedish duo called Galantis. Um, This music video was fully written, directed, produced, uh, brainchild, love child of Jackson Wang. He did literally everything. Uh Um, The credits are hilarious. When you watch them, it's just all credited to him. Um, And it is an homage to the Hong Kong movies of the 90s. So the like aesthetic of the video is specifically um, referencing like certain movies that Jackson liked to watch when he was young and that hold like a specific place in his heart because he is a Hong Kong native Um, and it stars the same woman who was in 100 Ways so this is actually like a continuation of the plot set up a universe for yourself team Team Wang Wang universe 
So this woman who is stunning, um, basically the plot of it is that she goes to a restaurant and she gets broken up with in that very like got seven. If you do like, I don't care, whatever, do whatever <laughs> you want. Just go to sleep. Um, just go to sleep. I'm going to go to sleep or whatever. Um, so she gets breaks up with whoever she's dating on the phone in the and then leaves the restaurant and leaves behind her earring and he follows her into the rain to try and get it back give it back to her and her and his uh, it also has the same his bros his like four four oh, wing yeah. bros are the same guys. The ones who um, died and for they him are the eating past. with him in the booth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they come with him too. They're like still his bros in this in this world I love and they it. act as like his wing men in the rain and it's cute as fuck i love this music video so much <laughs> you haven't watched it do yourself a favor jackson is hot and dancing in a in a white t-shirt in the rain yeah. do i need to say anything else why are I you still listening so. to me pull it up <laughs> <laughs> um i see you also noted here that it was the fastest chinese artist to 10 million views Yes, this music video makes him the fastest Chinese artist to reach 10 million views on Vivo. So congratulations, Jackson Wang, continuing to smash barriers and set records. We'd love to see it. I do love to see it. And now he's just fully managed by himself. So good luck to you, sir. Looking forward to whatever whatever else you're going to do. My very last release of 2020, which I think brings us back to today, right? Brings Mm -hmm. us up to date. November 27th, Chang'a put out a single called Dream of You. A collaboration with a Moroccan Dutch producer named Rehab, who spells his name, his or her, I don't know, who spells their name with a three, R3 Hab. Um, and this is, I mean, this is just, she didn't really get to promote this because shortly after it, she was uh, diagnosed with COVID. She was an asymptomatic carrier and she had to be um, quarantined, quarantined. So she didn't get to do any of her promotions or whatever, but it's a super sexy song. It does have a full music video. Um, I don't know if it is a dance practice. I never looked because I've only ever watched the music video, but she is doing her best smooth criminal um, oh God, in like corsets and uh, writhing on the floor with her like men backup dancers and she's it's a, it's such a good song. It's such a good song. It's yeah. very Western. I think it's a it's a very Western song. Like everyone I, that I I've showed like, this to has like lost their ever loving shit over it mm-hmm. and have been like Ariana Grande who like yeah, it's yeah, yeah. very much like coming for that pop 100 100 percent. And like I would say like taking it to the next level because like Ariana is a phenomenal singer, but like she can't dance. She can't outdance Chang'a. I mean, come on, no. get out of here. No and one like can the choreography, Chang'a. the choreography in Dream of You is fantastic. It's a super sexy song. Um, and it is, I would argue that like it has a slightly different aesthetic to at least like sonic aesthetic. It has a slightly different sound um than her Korean releases, I think, because you there is like a difference to the formula of a Western song. And the formula of a K-pop yeah, song. Yeah, like we were talking about the Monster X album having no goddamn bridges, which has mm-hmm. like somehow become a thing in American pop music. I don't know why. Um, but yeah, they like took that on. Um, and it was interesting because this Chunga single was also 
in conjunction with the announcement that she had signed with 88 Rising to do yes. more American stuff. Yeah. Very um, exciting. Which is cool. And like we noted before, Chunga is from Texas. So like yeah. the artists, most of, for the most part, the artists dabbling in English stuff, for the most part, speak English. So like that makes yeah. sense. Yeah, it does make sense, but it's interesting that it's sort of like started to explode in the last couple of years, like with the obviously paralleling the um, exponential popularity of like K-pop on a global stage. Um, But yeah, that the the artists who are international artists, right, or like quote unquote foreign artists in Mm -hmm. K-pop, like now they are uh, almost like afforded the opportunity to make music um, in multiple languages, which is really exciting, especially for the artists who I know speak multiple languages. Um, that must be really fun. It's special. Yeah. It's, I know yeah. I cried like a bitch when I heard the Spanish version of L- Lullaby. Like, I don't know why that got to me, but like when I heard God Seven singing in Spanish, I was like, oh. Because it's like, it's for you. Yes. Um, it was just like so, I don't know. It just like makes you feel so seen. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Um, and like the cynical the cynical part of me that's like, it's all evil capitalism, like gets <laughs> that like they choose English, like that they chose English back yes, in 2002 true. because like it's a language that a bunch of people speak as like a second, yeah. third, fourth language. So it's accessible and whatever. But like, yeah, it also is. Yeah. <laughs> but at the same time, it does feel nice to hear your idols like singing words that you completely understand. It's nice. Yeah, but it's interesting how it is really new because I was trying to think about it. And like other than that weird version of the boys that I have from Girls' Generation, like none of my old school faves do. Like Shiny doesn't have an English song. Shiny A-Pink has no English, English songs. songs. Like they just Yeah, Shiny definitely them. doesn't. The EXO, I only found one English version. They have For an life. English version of For Life. And yeah, it's only and on a concert album one. and it's just Dio. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think Chanyeol sings on it too. Oh, because he's playing the piano. Yay, guitar. <laughs> it's piano. I watched the Is video it? of it today. Oh, okay. Yeah. Fair it enough. was from that Alician concert that was like on Thanksgiving a couple mm. of years ago. Fair enough. Fair it enough. was like a couple years after the album that had For Life on it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Show, it was right? not like released. It was, they just perform it every once in a while. Like, I don't think you can buy the, the I don't English think you version. can either. But yeah, it's interesting how there's just like a lot of the groups I stand, there's just like none. But now it's really prevalent. Like the Wiki Miki album I just bought has an English version of Cool on it. Yeah, they and, like, did an English version of Cool. Mm-hmm. I know I'm just like scrolling through my um, my iTunes to like see if I have anything. You know what was another? This is kind of apropos. It's not. It's a little off topic. But it was interesting when I was doing my research for this. Like I said, I was looking for like first gen groups and just trying to dig and not miss anything. And there were a couple of times where I found like a video that was labeled as, you know, like what SES, whatever English version. But then the people in the comments would be like, this isn't SES. This is the Swedish group who put this song out first. So there was like because the early K-pop days they used to there they still do it but there was a lot more like outright buying pop music from other countries and changing the lyrics and so a lot of like 
fan videos or whatever had tried to pass off those original versions as like this is an unheard like rain singing in english but it wasn't so um, always double check your sources that's, um, that's all i'm saying but yeah always check your sources. original demos like the very first thing on our list that boa I, we talked about it in the boa episode but the don't start now song that she does the english version of is just the original version of that song because it's called Toodaloo and it was like sung by like a British pop star first. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wait, what's that song? The What's that BB Rexa song that, um, oh my God, what? It got sold to, oh my God. I mean, she wrote Lucifer, right? <laughs> she sold oh, is a that piece it? of one of her songs to be Lucifer. I'm pretty Is sure. it Lucifer? Yes. I think so. I'm Googling this. Yes. BB Rexa okay, she did like, write Lucifer. had put up, she played the original sample of it on Twitter or something a couple years ago. And it's really, really different. It's one of those things where like she had written a different song and somebody just like, they took the bass line out and were like, mm. we have this. Um, so her thing doesn't sound, it's not, it doesn't sound like, it doesn't sound like Lucifer. But I see. I see. It I was see. the building blocks or whatever. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. But yeah, that does happen a lot where like you, they'll just buy and you can even see that in like the credits of the songs. Uh, like I was looking through one of my Timine albums or something and like it'll say in it original lyrics by and then Korean lyrics by. So a lot of times it is just like a Swedish song that got rewritten. Sure. Um, like yeah. I know I tangentially know the person who wrote um, You Think, the Girls' Generation song You Think. You think you're real cool. And like, yeah, they had just put like dummy English lyrics over it with the intention of selling. Like a lot of people like write pop music with like really simple dummy lyrics, like mm -hmm. with the intention of selling them to someone else. And I feel like sometimes, which is a whole other question we could talk about for a second, which is like when the English version is bad, which I think happens a lot because I think sometimes yeah. they use those placeholder lyrics that include a lot of cliches and a lot of like weird. Yeah. English versions of songs are interesting. I don't, I mean, it's, it is rare for me to really like an English version of an, of a K-pop song. And the reason for that is because usually the English versions do not match the rhythm, number of syllables, or intonation in the mm. lines, right? So the emphasis in the in the, you have to be really careful about the way you phrase it if you want the rhythm and the inflection to sound the same in English as it does in Korean. You really have to think about the sentence structure. And a lot of times, like when you listen to an English version, like this is how I felt about the red velvet bad boy version right. i like really didn't like that one and i didn't really love the wiki Miki cool english version either because it just sometimes there are lines where it sounds like they are smushing oh yeah too many syllables into a line where the rhythm doesn't allow it and so like for me it really bugs me when i hear an english song that i'm like the syncopation is off and like mm -hmm. if you had rephrased it or if you had just like said it in this way instead it would have fit and I don't know why you did this, but right. it makes me want to scream. <laughs> yeah. I think we've talked about this before, but the most baffling 
one to me is that red velvet version of bad boy because the Korean version says who dat who dat who dat boy works perfect that's and also slangy already English. in English but in the English version they change it to who dat who dat who dat is and like is is an Why? ugly word to sing there's there was no reason to change I don't know why they changed it yeah I don't know why they changed it and yeah, that doesn't make any, yeah, that doesn't make any sense for so many reasons, especially because then you're like changing that, you're changing that line from ending in a vowel to ending in a consonant. And that doesn't, that sounds so different when you sing it. Like the musicality of it is fucked. Yes. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, like, for sure. Like when I wrote that, when I wrote our English version of Sorry Not Sorry, I literally tried to match the ending vowel sounds. <laughs> I appreciate that. That's the care that should be taken. Yeah. Monster and that's X, the you're other... really going to thank me for that version someday. I can't wait. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's like the other weird thing to think about is like English versions at the expense of what? Like, you know yeah. what I mean? <laughs> like, totally. Totally. If they're better. Like, I feel like Wanho's English version of Opened Mind was pretty good because the, like, themes stayed exactly the same. It was mm-hmm. still a song about fucking a stranger. But, like. <laughs> um, yeah, and, like, Love Talk, the English version of Love yes. Talk is really good. I love that version. Like, I don't care that Yang Yang says make it clap. It doesn't bother me. <laughs> say that if he wants to but <laughs> look it rhythmically fits okay so it doesn't make me mad <laughs> it fits within the structure of the song for sure so i will um, allow it yeah so that's like a crash course on the history of like full english language music yeah. in the k-pop sphere and it feels like a trend that is not going anywhere anytime soon and will probably just keep expanding and I feel like there's a chance that we might get to a world where as often as people have Japanese releases like U.S. English releases will come like I wouldn't be surprised yeah. if that becomes the new trend is to, like, that would be like making the next album. step yeah right? that makes sense right because yeah the Japanese releases like that's a major part of K-pop of For doing sure. like a whole separate discography in Japan. And a lot of times those go with, you know, Japanese tours and like actual like Japanese promotions. Um, and that would be really cool. I mean, we are already seeing like with Monster X, like putting out a full English album. Um, and I know like Eric Nam did as well, like putting out a full English album. I don't think, well, I guess Monster X got to promote a little as well, but then like everything got shut down. So I think it would have, yeah, we'll I think see. it would have gone different. Like, I wonder how that All About Love promotion would have gone if the world was different. Because it literally mm-hmm. started, like, in the last a couple, couple weeks. weeks of yeah, it. it came out on Valentine's Day, and then it was yeah. just, like, they had, like, a week of promotion. And it was also weird because Juan was out. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, it was, everything about it was a little weird. But the album, we will have the album forever, and it oh, will remain a treasure to me. Yeah. Yeah, and then, yeah, like you said, we'll see. We'll see if this uh, English release starts to be um, as big of a trend as the Japanese releases. Let's find yeah. out. So um, what's your favorite English release ever? Let us know, and uh, we'll be right back with the random game. Oh, wow, guys. Okay, this is Shannon. I'm editing, and I couldn't. my microphone is not working, so this sounds crazy and different, but I have made... 
a big mistake. And I can't let it, I can't let it pass, which is that I totally forgot to talk about Super M and all of the English Super M songs. And I didn't get to talk about the beauty and cheesiness that is Better Days and the wonderful, perfect, perfect line that Ten just like nails the fuck out of in Big Chance. I want a little bit more than nothing and I might tear us apart, but it's you I'm tired of craving, yeah. Like... Oh my god, how could I have done this? Super M. I'm so sorry. Anyway, I don't want to dwell on this for a long time because I'm all by myself and like I wish I had an Helica here to have opinions, but I couldn't I couldn't let the episode be finished without saying it. I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. Okay, that's all. Goodbye. Alright, we're back. And this week the random game gave us a challenge. A first gen challenge. <laughs> yes, a challenge that we've like joked about a few different times because of like whenever we come across a group that has like a ridiculous name yes so we got the og one of the og co-ed groups cool cool they were just which, called cool <laughs> yeah which we've made the joke several times of like wow it's really hard to look up cool k-pop group nowadays um, but anyway, we've talked about them. I think we maybe mentioned them briefly in the first gen episode. We definitely talked about them in our co-ed groups episode. Um, they debuted in 1994 under the name Why You Wanted to Be um, and were originally a four member group. But for the second album, two of those members left and a female group, jo- a female member joined them. So I believe their first album under Why You Wanted to Be was not co-ed and then Mm. the second album now under the name cool they are a three-member group two men and one woman and they're actually still together today um so the they have not yet disbanded yeah they've never officially disbanded um they won a ton of awards in their day um like when they first debuted they like absolutely swept a bunch of awards in 1997 for like best group and their song was always winning on the like top guy top 10 show or whatever mm-hmm. um and we've talked about them a couple of times because some of their songs have been remade for dramas in the last couple of years and have gotten popular again one of them is called um all for you and was on the reply 1997 soundtrack and we talked about it being a very popular wedding song these Mm -hmm. days because it's a nice duet to sing at a friend's wedding and then they have another song called aloha that got covered on hospital playlist in 2020 and went to number one again sung by an actor from hospital playlist amazing so yeah cool still relevant today i suppose um and they were pretty popular in their own day as well um we noted in our co-ed groups episode that their songs uh in the time that they were released were some of the most popular karaoke songs Mm. um like you just said in 2002 they received the golden golden disc award uh for their seventh album which was the year's best selling album um but because they're first gen it's hard for us to find a lot of information about their discography and about their like top performing tracks so we have some info on like what were their most popular albums but it's really hard to find like what was their top title and i'm looking in two languages guys on topic of this episode i really 
tried to find a discography for this group and I couldn't find one. So we found a music video that has been properly uploaded by Jeannie. I don't know what year it's from, but it's an old cool song that's called Destiny. And we're going to give it a watch. I would maybe, based solely off of the album titles, guess that this is off of their third album, Destined the Best. Ooh, that would make sense. But I don't know. But who knows? (laughs) All right, you ready? Yes. Let's do one, two, three, go, and then press it on the go. Ready? Got it. One, two, three, go. Okay, so... We've got a black and white film strip and a lady in a white shirt. And oh, she's smiling. Oop. Now it's like a green preschool Disney house. Okay, so we're like cutting back and forth between black and white and like really bright colors. I don't hear anything. Do you hear anything? Yeah. It's just like a gentle snap sound. Oh, oh I hear it now. Here it goes. Here we go. Ooh, first gen K-pop. Let's go, oh, baby. Oh wow. What was first gen's obsession with gloves? Like HOT. Yeah. And like these guys. Okay, so the girl has like these plastered down bangs and then like spiky hair. Like whatever it is, it's going to be spiky. It's gelled to death. Yeah. They're kind of all three wearing like similar shapes in that they're all wearing like very 70s loud with suits. big big yeah. Big collars and loud patterns and plaid pants. And they're doing a really big first gen dance with lots of like big arms and big legs. Yep. And the song sounds like vaguely public domain music somehow. This does sound like something I've heard before. (laughs) But like we. I honestly might have watched this and referenced it in the first gen or the co-ed group episode because I remember noting that after I had watched a bunch of first gen videos that YouTube was suggesting to me like those videos of children opening toys because oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. the robot the colors. recognizes how bright these colors are and is like, oh, you're watching kid stuff. Here you go. <laughs> yeah, this house for sure looks like, uh, what was that? Like... What was it? Out, out of the box like that, or like I don't know one. Or no, no, like, it looks like Mother big Goose's blue house and rhyme like, with these weird doors. Yeah, and these like there's just a bunch of like traffic signs in the background. But yeah, these big <laughs> feather gloves, and she has the ski goggles on. It's like all of the things. Yeah, their songs were very popular in karaoke because they were simple, easy to sing. Yeah, and most of them are like technically duets, right? Because then... Right. There is a female voice in all of them. Wow, this dance. They're just like... This really does look like a kid's... Kid something. This is like what I would play if I was teaching first grade and like needed to give my kids like a PE break. Right. Like everybody get out get out of your seats. Like we're gonna dance along while we learn our pronouns. Or whatever. <laughs> is the classy looking woman from the No, it is a different woman. Yeah, she's not the I don't think the girl she's is a not nice the what? girl. 
button down is the girl. I think it's yeah, a no. girl. I think so too. Yeah, this is a this is a very easy dance. Kick, turn, spin. Arms and arms and then we cross and we move and we go like this. It's fun. <laughs> I get I like there's something charming about old k-pop and how it was just very simple it was very simple my only note for when we did them in our co-ed group was wow outfits comma no one is a good singer (laughs) that is the biggest biggest indicator of the generations is that in the first one no one could fucking sing no one can sing, and all of the outfits are terrible. These are oh, the two things brother. that are true. <laughs> <laughs> well, that was cool. An important part of K-pop history. Yeah. Cool. All right. It's recommendation time. Oh, shit. And there's a lot of love and good in the world. Um. So we have, I feel like my initial recommendations are really obvious and people who like us and like the things that we like, there's no way that they have missed these things. However, I will go over it just in case. First of all, Hyuna is back. Album, mini album, physical album, Hyuna is back. Um, The single is called I'm Not Cool. She is a snake in it. She's wearing great outfits. The dance is easy to do. It's like, it's peak perfect. It's it's the Hyuna that all of you whiners have been asking for, like, ever <laughs> since. Everyone who hated Flower Shower. Here you go. This is what yeah. you wanted. But tomorrow, or if you're listening to this on the day it comes out, it's probably out. The Good Girl, the music video for Good <sighs> Girl, which we were supposed to get in August, Amazing. is out. And, like... That's my favorite song on the album. And I said this on Twitter. If that had come out like it was supposed to in August, it probably would have been my song of the year. It's like so fun and poppy and fun. It's just so fun. It's a really good song. I do really. She's been promoting it as her like B-side. I I think I've only maybe seen one performance of it so far. Um, But yeah, it's the B-side that I've seen her do. Uh, And it's great. It's, It's such a fun song. And her vocals in it are really cool. I feel like. Good Girl gives you a side of Hyuna that you don't often hear. Um, She sounds really good in that song. Yeah, there's another track on the album called Show Window, which is your tiny baby voice ballad, a Hyuna that you get on a Hyuna album. And then there's Party Feel Love with her baby Don, and that is just like vibes all the way. And then Flower Shower is on there too. Um, So if you haven't checked out anything of the new Hyuna comeback, I must insist that you do that. And then the next recommendation is that that I feel like I feel like nobody is really understanding the gravitas of this, but there is a new shiny song in the world, and it's so good. It's so wonderful. It's so good. If you're not already aware, it's called Marry You. So Shiny is officially coming back February 22nd with a, I believe it's their seventh album and it's called Don't Call Me. Um, And they did a V Live like comeback, like 
pre-comeback special, I guess, because it wasn't a comeback special because the nope. album isn't out yet. It was just like a preview. Uh, and it was called The Ringtone. It's all entirely for free and subbed on both Live and YouTube. Feel free to watch it. But they also, you can just watch the performances. And they ended it by they did they started it with good evening and then they did individual solo stages and which are perfect please watch them yes they're amazing but they ended it with the reveal of a b-side from the don't call me album which is called marry you and this is a at least the way that they staged it in the comeback in this uh, special was just a stand and sing for boys at a mic stand like singing their freaking hearts out um but the song itself is like funky and groovy and it's not a ballad really it's no, just like a, it's a slow jam yeah it's a slow jam for sure because like it's it's mostly a rap i feel like the verses are mostly rapped between mino and key um mm-hmm. but then the chorus is obviously the highlight of the song and it just like absolutely expl- it's like Every time you hear the chorus, the original melody line of the chorus is so wild with the high notes and uh-huh. the runs. And then every time they sing it again, they just layer on more ad libs, more harmonies, even higher notes. <laughs> and it's fucking amazing. Obviously, like we and Jenna, we stayed up to watch it at 2 slash 3 a.m. And we like chatted the whole time. It was lovely. And we were sort of chatting about how, for one, uh, this special happened on January 31st, which was the first full moon of the year. Mm -hmm. And all three of us immediately noted like how strongly we could hear Jong in this song. Just He lives, he lives in that warm fuzz between the harmonies i don't know how to explain it but i know the people who know what i mean know what i mean this is a song him yeah you can you can hear the way that his voice would have naturally fit in to the harmonies that they're already doing you can hear like which ad-libs he would have like added on to and i feel like you can also really easily fit this song into his discography um it gives me a lot of she is vibes like off of that particular album um and because it's like kind of sexy and obviously like that album had like some marriage motifs in it as well Mm -hmm, Um, but i felt like the the choice of this song was very specific um, and like yes. had Jong in mind. And obviously we won't know that until we hear the whole album, but I wonder if they chose to perform this particular B-side because you can hear Jong in it the most. I agree. And I also feel like an important thing to note is that canonically, Marry You is part of a shiny universe. They yeah. are not like XO in that they have powers. They but- don't have a plot. <laughs> but there has been a through line through the years connecting the debut song of Replay. First was Replay. Then on the Odd album, they do a song called Love Sick, which is a direct sequel to mm-hmm. Replay to say, Nuna, you are still my everything. And this song, they are telling the same Nuna, all of us Nunas, that they just give me that fourth finger, baby. I want to marry you. That is what yeah. they say. So I love that it is a continuation from 
day one. It's just goddamn. Yeah, I'm so I love happy. it. It, and it's such a good song, too. Like, it's such a shiny song. I think, like, that has been... I've been, obviously, listening to Shiny nonstop, like, since we watched that, since we, like, stayed up <laughs> so late. Yeah. And then I woke up in the morning, and I only listened to Marry Me You too, all like day a long. freaking freak. And also, <laughs> if anybody has, like, been listening to this and has opened your Spotify, it only exists on YouTube. There's... Only. It's, not- it's only on YouTube. So I'm over here, like, pulling up Pressing my Chrome extension loop just looping this fucking video (laughs) same like a weird streaming fan (laughs) yes and this today I noticed today and yesterday that like if I had a YouTube video on and I walked away no matter what autoplay was putting marry you next it was like she wants this This I mean but you did so I did though When we, after the night, the day, the morning after uh, we stayed up really late and watched this special, literally without even getting out of bed, I already listened. I like (laughs) woke up, opened YouTube, listened to Marry You, watched the whole thing, and then I got out of bed and just watched it over and over and over again. And like, I'm sorry, neighbors, but I will scream that high note every time. <laughs> I am sorry. <laughs> when Key takes it up a notch. Yes. Yes, I will. I will do that as well. <laughs> oh, my God. It's so good. Oh, it's so wonderful. I just can't. I can't wait. I can't. I'm so happy. I'm so happy. Albums are ordered, baby. Albums We're are ordered. Versions this. A and B. And B. <laughs> I might keep both of them. I Maybe I'll be nice and do a giveaway. We'll have to see what they look like when they yeah. get here. <laughs> exactly. Same seas, same seas. I bought a couple extras. Are they for me? Are they for you? We'll decide. I don't know. <laughs> didn't you also same, buy like 10 Hanna albums? I didn't buy 10. I only bought four. <laughs> only? Because there, there are four photo card choices and even though it's extremely unlikely i was like i will buy four and see if i get all four without going overboard i just got the message that they were shipped so i'm gonna be watching for them every minute i'm so so excited excited. guys we haven't had a physical hyana album in so freaking long and it comes with stickers i'm so excited (laughs) um yeah, so those are two very strong recommendations, but I will throw in one thing in case you are like, duh, I listen to Hyuna and Shiny, I listen to this podcast. What else you got for me? <laughs> CIX put out a new song today called Cinema, and it fucking slaps. It's cool. so good. So there's something totally out of field for me. CIX, new song, Cinema. Check that out if you know the other things. Nice. I don't have any other recommendations. Sorry. I live in a world that includes shiny and the untamed and that's it. (laughs) Hey, that's fair. That's really fair. I was in a very like all shiny all weekend. And then this picture of, you know's tummy broke my shattered the glass on my spill. And I was distracted for like an hour. And then I went back. Oh yeah. Well, we could recommend that. You know, put out a follow-up song, Eeny Meeny. Um, oh, yeah. if you guys haven't checked that out or if you if you liked his album Noir, 
um then no that wasn't called noir yeah it is yes it is it i'm is. sorry i i had bought i just recently bought like a couple of things and i saw i got it confused with something else anyway um if you liked his album noir um then he put out a follow-up kind of like how um Red Velvet, Irene and Sulky put out Monster and then they just put out a single Naughty. This is the same thing. And I don't know what that's about, but it seems to be an SM trend. Um, So there is a music video for it. It's called Eeny Meeny. And the music video features Sulky, but the track does not. Um, So we our theory is that it might link to the Red Velvet universe. Um, Yes, because there's a vague, violent ending to the music video that either implies that perhaps, you know, got in a car accident at the very beginning of the music video and the rest of it is a dream. Yeah. Or something else. But he has a bloody head and Sulgi looks suspicious. And Red Velvet loves murder. And we posited last week while we were ranting during the uh, Keep Your Head Down stage that like, what if it's a Red Velvet teaser? What if the universe is folding in on itself? Because you can also, I've seen some interpretations where like the car accident at the beginning is actually, it like is made to, it's made so that, you know, thinks it's an accident, but maybe Sulgi ran into him on purpose mm-hmm. and like she like targeted him. Um, so yeah, we'll see. I don't know. Um, hopefully we get a Red Velvet comeback soon and that they will answer our questions. Yes, but anyway, you know, did a eeny mini stage in these white bell bottoms with this little yellow tummy peak sweater and he looked so fucking cute and I gotta take it I know he looked so cute all of the lesbian TVXQ fans I follow on Tumblr were like give this man a real crop top (laughs) (laughs) yeah I have to send you some of these like soft you know sets that they sent that they had there's one where he's wearing like an off the shoulder sweater like he just got off of like dance like a dance rehearsal it's like flash dancing oh i love God. it i love him his hair looks so good right now he's so <gasps> you know! i can't wait to watch him host kingdom oh my god that is gonna be such a trip i can't wait to see how fucking cranky changmin is he's gonna hate it he's i gonna really the whole time about like oh when i was time. their age He's and I say wonder that so many times for sure in our day when we were young, when, when we, we were, were younger, we never when we blah, were dating, blah, blah. when we will, <laughs> yeah, he will for sure. And I like, I pray for the sake of all of the boys that are on that all of the contestants do not cover TVXQ on this show. Just work in your don't favor. do it. You can't hit the notes. And they don't want to see another Marotic cover. Right. Don't They've seen do enough. it. <laughs> don't do it. <laughs> Word of advice if anyone can hear us. I know someone's listening. <laughs> Someone in the K-pop world listens to the show. Kevin. It's Kevin. So Kevin. 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 Tell Kevin. everyone. Kevin. No TVXQ covers, Kevin. <laughs> Just don't do it. Just don't do oh, it. Oh, boy. Um, well, that's it for today. Um, <sighs> if you would like to get more content from us, we have a Patreon, patreon.com slash pod. We just put up our January episode, which in which we played very super specific K-pop Pictionary, and we had a really yes. good time. So you can check that out if you join our Patreon. Um, if you want to get in contact with us on regular things, we are at pod 
on all of the things instagram twitter amakpoppod at gmail.com um if you want to join our discord which we talk about a lot as the cool fun place to make k-pop friends you can find the link for that discord on those social media sites mm-hmm. we have a phone number you can call 181-AMA-K-POP-5 a P.O. box you can write to, P.O. box 26096, Los Angeles, California, 90026. And um, a Spotify where you can find playlists for episodes that have music. This one will probably, we'll see how much of these English releases yeah. are on Spotify. Yeah, yeah, But yeah. if they we'll are, <laughs> we'll have a playlist for it. Um, and yeah, playlists for other episodes if you want to check those out. Um, we also have YouTube. We have some reactions on there some other fun stuff maybe tomorrow i will feel like putting hair on and i'll do a good girl reaction because i was too busy for an i'm not cool reaction we'll see what happens (laughs) um but that's where you can find those things and we'll be back next week like we always are and until then have a good day goodbye (laughs) goodbye jongyan your inspiration